Great to be with you this morning. Great to worship with you this morning. You know, just seeing the goodness of God. You know, He re- He reveals and we respond, and it's just it's great, isn't it? Really good. Good to worship together. I love that picture that Tim bought of the the cork ready to pop this morning. It's really good. I promised myself because I've got a bit of a sore throat that I would try and restrain myself when I was singing, but I've been singing. I didn't manage it. <laughs> Um, I've got a drink actually, thank you. So you might see guest appearance of this bottle quite often <laughs> through this talk. So those of you who don't know me, my name's Isaac. Um, I'm one of the leaders of the church here and uh, particularly involved in leading the 915 congregation with my wife Jane and John and Nick. And we've got a little one who's not so little now called Lily. She's seven and uh, wants to be the boss. Um, She's, uh, she's lovely. So Jane and I lead the worship team. And uh, it's great to, to be with you. Um, I don't often come to the 11.15 service unless I'm, I'm doing something. So it's great to just worship with you together this morning. Um, I want to spend just sort of 20 minutes or so talking to you about thankfulness. Um, and and Josephine's just mentioned we've got extra special reason to be thankful this morning, haven't we? Because it's a very special day. Mother's Day, um, so it's great to honour the mums amongst us. And uh, hands up if you're a mum in the room. Good. Oh, you're not shy either. That's good. That's good. That's everybody else. Let's give them a, a round of applause. You guys are brilliant. Um, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I've only got one child, and uh, and um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Um, so I'll be, I'll be talking to my mum later on today, who's uh, also amazing, and she uh, raised myself and a, a little brother who's only 18 months younger than me, always fighting all the time, and she was, she's a, a nurse as well, so she's pretty full on. Um, so what that did mean, though, is that she'd be proud of me today, because unless you were dying, you were going to school, you know, it was, it had to be serious. <laughs> So, I wonder if you would describe yourself as a thankful person. I don't know what that, what that would mean to you. Um, what, what comes to mind when you think about the word thankful or thankfulness? Well, it's, it's mentioned in the Bible quite a lot. Um, so, it's probably something that we ought to know a little bit about. Um, it, pop quiz. Can anybody guess how many times the word thankful or thankfulness is mentioned in the Bible? Any idea? 500. Not quite that many, but good guess. You went for it. I liked it. Confident. 100? Who said 100? Close. Close. 114, apparently. Um, I haven't gone through and counted them all, but that was something that Google told me, so hopefully it's true. (laughs) Um, And that's just looking at the words thanks, thankful, thankfulness, but there's even more if you count other sort of similar meaning words. So I thought... Um, a good place to start, other than that, which was a bit of fun, is just to look at a dictionary definition, which I often do with these things. So, thankfulness is the inward and outward expression of gratitude. So we, we do that in different ways, don't we? We say thank, thank you in the simplest form. We, we give somebody a card, we give them a hug, we give them a, give them a present, we let them know how much we appreciate them. But underneath it all... <clears throat> Excuse me, there's the first one. 
there's behind it there's an, there's a heart attitude isn't there of being grateful or pleased with something that we've received that somebody has given to us perhaps it's a comment on our culture that one of the other definitions I came across was pleased but relieved. <laughs> Does that ring any bells with anybody? It made me smile. You can just imagine one of us British lot, and I am preaching to myself here as well, and, uh, and it usually is us British lot saying, um, oh, that was really good, wasn't it? Thank you so much for that, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> you can just hear it, can't you? <laughs> I was watching a, a video clip from, um, from a comedian called Bill Bailey. I don't know if anyone knows him. He's a... He's an English comedian from the West Country. And he does this bit in one of his routines where he's talking about different cultures and how they react um, to the question, how are you? Which is um, very different around the world. You'd be probably unsurprised to know. Um, I'm not going to do all the accents, don't worry. <laughs> Just about managing English today. So the, the, the American usually answers, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, the Australian, it's awesome. Always awesome. Um, have we got anybody else from another culture? What, what, how would you answer that question? Uh, fine. Fine, yeah, fine. Fine. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that often the English response to that is not too bad, isn't it? Good, but do we really mean good? That's the thing, isn't it, Julie? Is that what we really mean? Fine, fine, just about okay, all right, all things considered. <laughs> if you're lucky sometimes, and, and this is usually with people that are a bit older, I have to say, I'm not looking at anybody now. <laughs> <laughs> it can be followed by a list of ailments. <laughs> God's rich tapestry of complainers. Um, I'm joking, of course, but it's, it's, it's important for us to be able to laugh at ourselves, isn't it? Because um, we're a funny bunch. <laughs> the church is made up of a funny bunch. There's a, there's a serious point underpinning all of this, and it's that our secular society, our post-Christian society and culture, really leans towards flagging up things that are negative versus things that are positive, doesn't it? We all know, looking at the news, you know, you, you, don't, you have to search for a good story, don't you? But you don't have to search very hard for a bad story, and there's 15 of them in a row often. Um, we're told people bond more quickly over a shared negative experience than a shared positive experience. Um, I, I certainly hear that at work. Um, you, you, I'm sure you hear it in the, the context that you're in. And it's really easy to get caught up in that. But did you know, whatever your worldly nationality... The moment that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you're adopted into a new family and you become part of a new kingdom, a new country. It's a culture for this kingdom and it's got different values. It's very different to the world's culture. So as believers and as the church, we should look different to what's around us. It's true, isn't it? We're not of the same culture. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So being in this kingdom, we, lean, we, we get to find out who we really are, our identity. We're saved by grace through faith and set apart for his purposes to make disciples whilst he builds his church. Well, that's a wonderful reason to celebrate and give, give thanks, isn't it, to start with. So we don't just get to know 
who we are, but we get to know whose we are, who we belong to. We belong to the King of Kings. There's nothing that escapes his sight. There's nothing out of his control. There's no situation he cannot affect or intervene in. And we're his kids and he loves us. I think the right response to that is to be thankful and worship, don't you? It inspires me to worship. So how about if Hope Church was a place that was famous in Worcester for being a community of thankfulness? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be different from everything that we see around us? So let's have a look at what the Bible says about thankfulness. And I'm not going to go through all 114, don't worry. (laughs) Spoiler alert, we'll find that we've got lots of reasons to be thankful. So, pull up a few Bible verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, thanks Steve. This is part of Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. And he's encouraging the church there on how to live, um, to hold on to truth in difficult cultural surroundings. Sound familiar? Um, It goes on later to talk about not quenching the Holy Spirit and how to treat each other kindly, but the whole letter is him writing as an encouragement to teach and build up the church there. Um, It's interesting, isn't it, that he says, give thanks in all circumstances. He doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. And that implies that there'll be good circumstances and there'll be bad circumstances, and that shouldn't be a surprise to us. Um, In John 16, Jesus says, in this world you'll have troubles. That's a a promise we all know. It's probably not our favourite promise, is it? But but we're told we shouldn't be surprised that there are troubles. But if we're told to give thanks in all circumstances, that means that Paul expects that there will be bad circumstances and that we should be able to give thanks in them. It's not an impossible thing to do. There are always things that we can be grateful for in any circumstance. So I've got a list of a few. I'm sure you'll have your own that mean a lot to you, but how about these? We can be thankful that all things work together for the good, for our good if we belong to him. From Romans. We can be thankful that God's grace is sufficient to sustain us in every circumstance. That's in Corinthians. We can be thankful that he's always with us. We can be thankful that nothing can separate us from his love. Good book, Romans, isn't it? Lots of good stuff in there. We can be thankful that God sent his son to die for us, that we might have a restored relationship with the Father. That's amazing in itself, isn't it? Even more on our mind as we approach Easter. How about this from 1 Chronicles? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness is everlasting. There's a couple of reasons there, isn't there? He, he is good, not that just he does, he does good things. He is good. It's part of who he is. He can't help himself. And he's faithful, even when we're not, when we get it wrong, when we make a mess of things. He is faithful. And this from, from, Psalm, <clears throat> from Psalm 100, which is one of my favourites. And we all know this one quite well, I'm sure. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. and His faithfulness 
is to all generations. I love this one particularly because it, it speaks to our priorities, doesn't it? <clears throat> Bringing worship and thankfulness first before anything else. And um, that's not just for God's benefit because he likes it, although he does. Do you know, it actually does us good as well. It's funny that, isn't it? The Bible's so practical in so many ways. Um, it, it does something inside you as you begin to thank him and worship him. Your focus moves off your circumstances and onto him. So we've established that it's, it seems to be an important thing to be thankful. So why do we struggle? Well, I think there are a few reasons. Or maybe I'm just talking to myself, but I don't think I am. Firstly, we just get out of the habit sometimes, I think. We talk about um, the useful illustration of, of faith being like a muscle. It needs exercise to grow, and if you don't use it, in fact, if you don't use it, it doesn't stay the same. It shrinks away, wastes away, doesn't it? Well, I, I think being thankful works in a similar way. You need to start small, build the muscle up. Got a bit of work to do there, I think. So um, I sometimes go running with, uh, with Joel and Chris, who are in the 915 congregation, and um, they're a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> I'm usually the one wheezing and dying at the back. Um, and we've done, we've done a few longer runs, um, 10K runs over the years. But it's not something that you just decide to do. You don't sort of get up one morning and go, I'm going for a 10K run. Or maybe they do, they're fitter than me. But it's, it's not something that I can just do. You start small, you start with a shorter distance, and you work up, don't you? The same way with a champion weightlifter. You don't become a champion by just going and picking up something heavy one day. You start small. You build up. You build your stamina. You build your muscles. You start small and you build up. In the same way, start small with your thanks. Thank God for the weather. This, this is a repeat. When I, was, when I was preaching at the 9.15 service, I said, thank God for the weather, and it was absolutely belting it down outside. So they all laughed at me. <laughs> but even the rain is good for the plants, isn't it? So, um, Lost my place. Yeah, start small. Thank God for the weather. Thank you for your family. Pick out your favourite truths from the Bible. Thank you one by one. Pin them to the wall, pin them to the door so you see them when you're going out. Start thanking people too. It's funny, if you start doing one, you'll soon realise that you'll start doing the other almost, almost by accident. So, I used to hate it when preachers did this when I was a kid. But I get the opportunity now, so I'm going to have a bit of participation. <laughs> I want us to practice together now. Um, Turn to the person next to you and just spend a couple of minutes thanking them for something you see in them, something that's of God and that's inspired you or something that you value. And if you don't know them, just say a couple of things that each of you are thankful for right now. So, all right, should we do that? Just a couple of minutes. Great stuff. Shall we come back together? 
<clears throat> Good. So there's, risk, there's a real risk in me doing that, that you'll just keep talking forever, isn't there? So it's good. <laughs> it's good that you're such a thankful bunch. You can keep thanking each other after the service. <laughs> good. All right, well, um, I thought it was... Uh... Thank you. <laughs> Richard's got some fishermen's friends. To the rescue. Preacher's friends. Yeah, they're great. So I thought it was only fair that, as I got you to do that, I should do the same as well. So there's a few people I just want to be thankful for. So, so Richard and Jim, who are, Richard's there. Richard, thank you for that fisherman friend to start with. <laughs> um, just for faithfully fathering us as a church over many years. Sorry, I'm embarrassing you, but thanks for your love, your leadership, and your encouragement over so many years. Uh, Josephine, I'm going to embarrass you as well, the, the administration of this whole operation would fall flat on his face if it weren't with Josephine. <laughs> There'd be a lot of people nodding around the room. Thank you very much for everything you do. Tech team at the back, you guys are awesome. I know tech likes to rebel all the time and it likes to just say, I'm not working today. So <laughs> thank you very much for everything you do. There's so many others here as well I could say thank you to, um, but I won't because I'll lose my voice. Um, so that was reason number one. We just get out of the habit, don't we? That was all right, wasn't it? That wasn't too embarrassing or weird, just saying thank you to everybody. It was all right, wasn't it? Everyone was okay with that? Good. So reason number two. Sometimes we forget to tell our stories. I want to tell you that there's power in testimony. So... We talk about this a lot, but I don't think we really fully grasp it, get hold of it. We all have our own personal stories of what God's done, what he's doing in our lives. Um, and we so easily forget to share them. We need to remind ourselves and others to spur us on in thankfulness. So when Joshua was leading God's people, he took stones out of the river Jordan, and he set them up in what was called an Ebenezer, which is like a little pile of stones, a place called Gilgal. And it was a reminder of something amazing that God had done in that place so that they could see it and they could continue to give thanks um, through the generations. So that's where the, the, the Jordan was parted and people were saved. So th this is from Joshua 4. When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did with the Red Sea, which he dried up for us, <clears throat> for us excuse me, until we passed over. So that all of the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So what are our Ebenezers? What are we teaching the next generation to be thankful for? You see, as much as faith is personal, and it is personal, it's the only way to be saved by knowing Jesus, it's also multi-generational. God's a, a God of multi-generational promises. I mean, look at this place that we're standing in right now. You know, it's the, the culmination of so many people believing in the promise that God gave 
how many years ago? You know, what, what God promises that the door can never be shut, can it? What the door that God opens, no man can shut. I'm struggling for the right phrase. And just so you know, that's t- telling us stories of God's faithfulness isn't the same thing as nostalgia. So, um, Rich, I don't know if you nick this from somebody else, but I'm nicking it from you now because it's probably not trademarked. <laughs> nostalgia isn't what it used to be. Have you heard that phrase before? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a funny thing. It's not actually real. You, you hear the phrases that you're back in my day or in the good old days. Yeah? Anyone recognise that? It's not real. It's looking back through rose-tinted specs, as we would say, forgetting all the other stuff that was going on at the time. Now, telling stories of God's faithfulness is much more than that. It's looking back on what he's done, with us, done for us so that we can celebrate them as part of our history, but also so we can seek him with confidence about what he's doing now and what he will be doing in the future. Um, They're not items in a museum, these stories. They're signs that point to a pattern of God's faithfulness over the generations. So if God's with us, there should always be more stories. There should be stories going on right now, shouldn't there? I wonder if you recognise them in your life. Just ask God what you're doing now. What are you doing in my life now, God? What's the story right now? So that was reason number two. We sometimes forget to tell our stories. Reason number three. Sometimes we just get a bit embarrassed and funny. Um, we talk ourselves, I think, into hearing, into thinking that people don't want to hear us, to hear our thanks, or that, that God's a bit busy with some more important stuff. He doesn't want to hear us be thankful. We can get embarrassed about it. Um, God's not embarrassed about it, let me tell you that. He loves our worship. He loves our thankfulness. Even if you wouldn't consider your worship a joyful noise, like mine wasn't this morning, I can tell you. <laughs> he loves it. He loves that heart actually that wants to thank him. Because the more we worship him, the more we fix our eyes on him. And the more we give him space to do what he wants to do. I used to have a bit of a, um, a problem with receiving gifts, particularly receiving money from people. I got all embarrassed and funny about it it's many years ago. And it was a talk um, in, in this church, when we were, probably when we were up at the Sixth Form College, actually, that's quite a few years ago. Um, there was a bit of a turning point in that journey for me. It was a realisation that when someone gives a gift, it's not just the person receiving the gift that's getting blessed, it's actually the person giving it as well. And it sounds simple, but it was a, it was a transformational moment for me, something that um, helped, me, helped me understand that, um, that there is no reason to be embarrassed by receiving and saying thank you. Actually, it's to be, it's to be praised, it's a good thing. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> You're worth it too. <laughs> Reason number four, culture. We touched on this a little bit earlier on. Cynicism is the enemy of thankfulness. Um, we're all part of and affected by the Western European secular culture that we're surrounded by. It affects everything around us, doesn't it? Our worldview. And we 
we often don't realise it. Cultures, the, the ideas, the customs, the social behaviour of a group of people. Um, and let me tell you, even if you don't know it, you're in one. And you, you, you might be in multiple, depending on where you are. If you're in the church, you're in multiple cultures. If you're not careful, worldly culture can pickle you a little bit like an onion gets pickled. It starts out as a plain old onion and you leave it soaking in vinegar and the vinegar soaks in layer after layer after layer and the onion gets soft and it takes on the flavour of the vinegar. So ask yourself, are you aware of what you're soaking in? What flavour are you taking on unconsciously? Has cynicism crept in? Are you soaking in things that the world celebrates or maybe even complains about? <laughs> Are you soaking in those things and not in his Holy Spirit? Well, the good news is you can soak yourself in his goodness and he's the antidote. All you have to do is ask him, actually. It's, it's, it's really easy. Um, he doesn't hold back his presence. He gives it freely if we just ask. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he didn't leave us on his own. On our own, thankfully. He sent us the Holy Spirit to help us. <clears throat> and he really does help us if we just ask. So how about soaking in his presence? Transforms us. We marinate in him. We take on his flavour. He really loves to give us gifts. Gordon's been doing a, a series about that recently, hasn't he? Gifts that build up his church, encourage, edify. And the presence of God just demands a response. As we heard earlier, he, he encourages us to boldly approach him. But not only that, do you remember that bit from Psalm 100? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. There you go. We all know it. So, so what? Good to have a so what. Some tips for embracing thankfulness. Number one, know your starting point. Let's be honest with ourselves and honest with God, because he knows anyway, doesn't he? About where we are, where we're starting from. A really cheerful front isn't really much good to anybody, is it? It's quite a lot of effort, actually. <laughs> and it makes you feel worse. How about using Psalm 39 as a prayer? This, this bit is one of my favourites. Search me, O God, know my heart, test me and know my thoughts. How about that, praying that honestly to God? And when you are honest with yourself and God, it's really important not to go the other way and condemn yourself, because he doesn't condemn you. It's his kindness that draws you to repentance. And he gives you grace to grow. You just need to ask. So number one, know your starting point. Number two, practice. Flex that muscle, that thankfulness muscle. Are we, are we feeling it? Is it growing? Start small and build up. Start each day with thanks. Maybe practically, like I was talking about earlier on, stick something next to the door that, that you'll see every time you walk out into the world. St. Paul's Church over there have got a a great sign as you go out over there. Somewhere. St Paul's Church, Worcester. Look it up on the map later. 
I've got a great sign just next to the door as you go out, and it says, um, you're now entering the mission field. What about if we had something like that next to the front door as you went out in the morning, or the back door, whichever door you go out of in the morning? Um, be thankful. Something like that. So number three, be careful what you're soaking. There's so much that's unhelpful. We don't need to be afraid of the world and its culture, but we do need to be aware of it because we know he's overcome the world, don't we? We're on the winning side. He's already won. We know the end of the story. But we do need to make sure we soak in his presence instead, recognise the things that are good so that we don't fall into the things that are bad. Finally, number four, tell your stories. Celebrate what God's doing. Even if you think it's a tiny little story, it's significant. Tell your stories. You're a witness of what God's doing in your life to those around you. Um, And it's amazing, the power of testimony. There's a little book downstairs called Hope Stories, which has got 10, 15 stories of God's goodness, what he's done in normal, ordinary people's lives. It's amazing. Things from financial provision through to healing, through to all sorts of stuff. I'd encourage you to read it because they're real-life people that you know, that that you meet. Ask the people in the book about their stories. Get them to tell you firsthand about their testimonies. Claire, is your story in there? It's not. We need to do another one. Claire was amazingly healed um, a few years ago now, wasn't it? I'm sorry to embarrass you, but uh, I mean, God's God's doing stuff amongst us. It doesn't just happen at other places. It's happening here in Worcester. So let's be thankful together. Let's remember our Ebenezer's. Celebrate those moments together. And be thankful for what God's doing amongst us. I'm just going to pray as I finish. Father God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you, um, you just love us so much, that you're so faithful even when we're not. Thank you that we've got so much that we can be thankful about. Thank you that you've saved us, you've set us free for a mission and for a purpose and thank you that you give us your presence freely help us to soak in you completely so when we go out into the culture that we're in we look different because we're part of your kingdom in Jesus name Amen